none of this is going to make it into the episode. Oh, man, dude, that was fucking perfect, though. We should have you a gotta, second. You got to keep something Listen, about Jason, fucking it'll lead in right now. It'll be leading in right now, and oh, we will have fuck. a second. We'll have to do another mini-sode about oh, Brian Adams man. and Megadeth's Crush'em and the Kiss Demon and the Misfits and, the, and, and Vampiro. We have that, to. Oh, man. So now, okay. Welcome to Three Out of Three Falls. <laughs> a wrestling podcast where we usually discuss three matches. One picked by myself, one picked by my co-host, and one picked by a random match generator. But today we will be discussing a special, special segment of WCW Saturday Night from, I believe, 1996. January. January yeah. January 1996. Before I give you more info on what this clip is, my name is Joe. And hey, my name is Jason. And on our last episode of Three Out of Three Falls, we ended uh, with a brief discussion of Jim Belushi, who was to be interviewed on the WCW Saturday Night episode after the Nitro that we watched Hulk Hogan versus Mang. And his uh, and his fucking golden spike. And the golden spike. So you may, if you've listened to that. Um, we found the clip and we decided we should have a mini episode where uh, we watch the clip and discuss it. And um, I personally feel like that was time well spent <laughs> on my part. Uh, we'll link to the clip in the blog post. Um, please go watch. It is roughly eight minutes. and um, It's the best eight minutes that you will see this week. I'll say it's the best eight minutes you'll see during the ten minutes in which those eight minutes <laughs> maybe exist. <laughs> yeah. I would say you'd be hard-pressed to have a better half hour than whatever half hour those eight minutes exist in the middle of. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's going to be – that's going to really bring that half hour to above average. Um, so this was – an episode of WCW Saturday Night on TBS at 6.05 p.m. Eastern that, gosh, I don't know what else happens on except for uh, Harlem Heat match versus, I think, Sting and Lex Luger. Shockingly big-name match for... Uh, was was Quick question. Was Saturday Night yeah. the main WCW show in 1996? All right. So, uh, in the history of WCW, starting in the NWA time uh, from... 1983 until it switched over to WCW in 1989 ish. It's so it far is... before this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to give the proper context. Okay, so I apologize. Uh, that that whole time period and during this time period uh, <laughs> of, hold on, uh, of 1996. We. <laughs> Keep going, most, of this, man. most of this shit's gonna be cut. You're gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna start over. All right. So uh, at this time, it was not the main show for WCW. They were trying to transition Nitro into the main show for WCW. Up until the premiere of Nitro, WCW Saturday Night was the main show. It was the main show on TBS on the Superstation Saturday nights. 605 Eastern. It had been that way since the early 80s. It was the main thing that put WTBS on the map with cable 
uh, distribution in the United States. Basically made Ted Turner a shitload of money. Between that and the Atlanta Braves and the Andy Griffith show and NWA WCW Saturday night and the sister show on Sunday, the main event, which was also on at 6.05. Those were the three main money makers with NWA WCW being the main driver, really. So this is kind of an awkward time period where they're trying to push Nitro as the main show, but it's only an hour long. They're trying to compete with the, with WWF at the time, but they still they don't want to abandon that fan base for WCW Saturday Night that has existed for 10, 15 years. Okay, so they decided that Saturday Night deserved the Belushi segment. <laughs> And not Monday Nitro, their flagship show. So, yes. so WCW Saturday Night has, um, they, they advertised the hell out of this on Nitro, a sit-down interview with Jim Belushi on WCW Saturday Night. Tony Schiavone is putting this over on commentary while he sits next to Steve Mago McMichael. McMichaels? McMichael? No, it's, it's not plural. It's just McMichael. no S. McMichael. Okay. Steve, or as Jim will call him, Stephen. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> yeah. On commentary, yeah. who does not put the interview over and does not say anything about it, which is mind-blowing because the entire interview is Jim Belushi talking about Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, Steven. 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 His, his pal, Steven. Steven. So, so, so fast forward to Saturday. There's a a sit-down interview that has, starts with an amazing title graphic animation, Belushi on Mongo. And oh no, but but before that, wait, we'll get to that. Hold on. Okay, and okay. Eric Bischoff sits down on a patio across from with some shrubs around them, across from a you know a patio table. Jim Belushi wearing wearing, wearing an amazing turtleneck and yeah. leather jacket combo. Yep. Looking and, like a fucking Ken doll. Yep, and Belushi is wearing some frumpy button-down from the 90s and smoking a cigar. And, fucking, uh, fucking honking on his stogie. And they have a very serious in tone sit-down interview where Belushi talks about his good pal, Steve Mongo McMichael. But before this... Actually, we're gonna... Steve, Steve, Steven, Steven Mongo McMichael. He calls his friend Steven. So... Before this, just a little tangent we wanted to talk about, um, and I want to ask you, Jason, Mean Gene has a scoop for his hotline that a, <laughs> a WCW, I don't know if he says WCW or just wrestling superstar. He does not specify that it's a WCW wrestler. Was left $2.5 million by a dying fan, and he wonders if this superstar will continue to compete. Do we have any idea who the hell this was and if they continued to wrestle? I have no fucking clue who this wrestler is. Is it potentially just a bunch of bullshit for Mean Gene to make a dollar forty nine per minute off your call? Fuck. Okay. Um. Did you just Google it? I just Googled it. Holy we do our shit. research here on three out of three falls. We do. We do. We do. Um. So the all right. So here's the thing with Mean Gene's hotline is that. Most of it is bullshit. Most of it's just 
hearsay stuff to just fuel the marks basically for you to spend your dollar 99 the first minute 299 each additional minute because mean gene made 50% of the income generated by that hotline i read some, i i read some place where he in 1995 and 1996 made upwards of $50,000 off of the hotline each year that's just pure fucking shill money did you find out who the wrestler was <laughs> i i, I, I want to know who the wrestler was do you know who it was no i have no idea Shawn michaels a wrestler died and left Shawn michaels 2.5 million dollars no a fan died yeah sorry a fan died a fan died a millionaire and... multi-millionaire fan dies and leaves $2.5 million for Shawn Michaels. Yes. In his will. His or her from will. The, from the... All right, so here's the thing. Most of this shit is pulled from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Okay. but That's where most of the scoops are coming from. Did this really it, happen? From the January 15th, 1996 Wrestling Observer newsletter. It was reported a few weeks ago on the Jim Scheiman 900 line that Shawn Michaels inherited $2.5 million from a wrestling fan that he didn't know that just passed away. This is a true story. It happened a few months back, and word just got out. Michaels had attempted to keep it quiet. At the Michaels press conference in Fresno, he was asked about this and got really mad and said, no comment, and said never to bring it up again. Michael still wants to continue wrestling, although he's probably moving into a bigger house. Wow. Man, I have so many questions. The first comment after this, I found this on a Reddit site, Squared Circle Reddit. Yeah, it's The first comment is from Horse Steroids, who says, I wonder if it went up his nose. I'm being facetious. Of course it went up his nose. Here's my question. Do you think... So he had he retired due to injuries. Then he came back later, right? He he retired in ninety eight. He retired in ninety eight after the Mania match with Austin because of his back, right? Because of his back, because he fucked it up during the Rumble match with Undertaker, the casket match. Do you think he might have? What I'm getting at is the cruel irony of getting enough money to retire and deciding to keep wrestling, and then you break your back. But I guess he got better, and he ended up coming back for one of the greatest return runs ever in history. Oh, he did. History. But, man. Oh, man. Uh, what a sexy boy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's a real thing. Okay. I also think it's crazy that Mean Gene stole a scoop, not just from the newsletter, but from the newsletter stole it from another guy's. One nine hundred number. Nine hundred number. So it so went nine hundred just... number to newsletter to Mean Gene. Hypothetically, is what we're saying here. Um, yes, basically. Basically. Anyway, that blows my mind in the beginning of the thing. Let's move on to the man that Steve Mongo McMichael calls a brother, or the man who calls Steve Mongo McMichael a brother, Jim Belushi. Smoking a stogie, hyping up Mongo. So Belushi's from Chicago. That's the connection, I think. Obviously, uh, yeah. Friends with Ditko, a Ditka, Ditko, Ditka. I'm a comic <laughs> book fan too, guys. Uh, friends with Ditka, and uh, meets Stephen, the epitome of the NFL, 
of old school football. Um, what the hell was this? <laughs> was, this was, was Mongo. <laughs> so Mongo's on commentary. Is he wrestling? Does he need a puff piece from a celebrity who barely promotes a movie in this? We'll get to that. And does Belushi. Is Belushi on a WCW? Does, does he like run into calm? There's a part where he talks about how he's the only person who can calm Mongo down. Does he have to run out and calm Mongo in a match? Like, what the hell is going on? All right. So, Mongo McMichael, he was originally associated with the wrestling world through the Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam, oh. Bam Bam Bigelow feud in the WWF uh, that took place WrestleMania 11 uh, whenever they had that match. Lawrence Taylor came out with a group of football comrades and Mongo McMichael was one of them. So he was loosely associated with the wrestling world through that. And I think that from that, he decided to get into it further uh, initially as a color commentator on Monday Nitro. This is, I mean, Nitro had only been around since September, and Mongo just showed up out of nowhere. Like, it was like, all right, this is the announced team of Steve Mongo McMichael. He's a former football player. That's all you know about him. Oh. Plus, plus Eric Bischoff, plus Bobby Heenan. And I think that they were still trying to get Mongo over as a fan favorite on the commentary side of things. So that's why they needed to bring in his main man, Belushi, to, you know, give him some personality. My question is, Belushi says that Steven was dedicated to the game of football, not to the illusion of becoming a star. So I guess my question is, why does he then go to WCW Nitro to do commentary holding a little dog? Well, I mean, I we're think... talking about someone who Belushi says is a very deep and very intelligent man. He that... has a deep he has a deep well of feeling and a deep well of knowledge that yeah. is covered up by his Texas rap. Um, I just don't. Also, Belushi holds up pictures, just shitty, regular old shitty, prints. Shitty. Shitty pics of Mongo shitty, in shitty. the wild. Okay, so Ma the pictures are what he Mongo looks like at Christmas, smiling, sweet, with his wife. Merry Christmas. That's that's what Belushi says. Then he shows a picture to demonstrate how crazy Mongo really is. He says he loves the smell and the taste of blood. It's just three. It's Mongo and three dudes. Their faces smeared with blood. Bischoff says, that's not war paint you're looking at. So it's four dudes, blood all over their faces, dried Covered in like, blood. And it says, this is just him with a couple of his buddies after they've had a little fun and wrestled each other. So they're all really pleased with this. Even if it's his own blood, he loves the taste of blood. This comes out of nowhere. Yeah. This is the man we, on the Monday before, saw sitting at commentary with a little dog. Also, he looks fucking frightening in that in all the he pictures. Looks, he looks he looks he looks frightening in every single fucking photo that is taken of him. He does not look frightening on Monday Nitro. No, because he's got a dog with a sombrero on. Yes, yes, exactly. 
I guess I'm just so... I don't know what the point of this is. I Here's what I think the point of this is. The point of this is for Eric Bischoff to sit down and talk to Jim Belushi. Well, obviously. He, want, he wants to legitimize WCW by being like, we are more entertainment. We have bigger stars than WWF, which at that time, well, <laughs> well, you know, in January 1996, or 1995, I guess it was 1995, the Royal Rumble the previous year, WWF had Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy. Yes. Which is, that's great. WCW as a reaction to that, Belushi. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Belushi chomping a cigar, very serious, somber tone, talking about its history with Steven. Well, here's here are the things that when I... Does, when do, so Mongo, what does Mongo do after this? Mongo... Like, the next year of Mongo's career... The next year of Mongo's career is that eventually they're working up towards a program where Kevin Green, who played for, I don't know, the Carolina Panthers or the Packers or some NFL team, gets into an altercation... With Who cares? the four horsemen. Okay. Four the four horsemen. horsemen. So, Flair and Arn, I think, have, I think it's Flair and Arn. They have a match against Kevin Green and his buddy, his pal, his football pal, Steve Mongo McMichael. Okay. What happens is that Mongo turns on Kevin. Yep. Yep. Joins the four horsemen. Yep. That's basically what it is. They're working towards Mongo eventually becoming a wrestler. So, while that which was he probably... Was a shitty, which he was a shitty wrestler. Believe me, I His know. first feud was against Goldberg. Because they were both ex-football players. So who's the tougher football player? And not great wrestlers. Um, no. But apparently, Mongo loves to party. Hold on More than anything. Yes. Goldberg... What if they brought back Mongo? Is he alive? Yes, he is. He owns a restaurant in Florida, I think. What if Mongo was a surprise Rumble entrant one year? <laughs> what would people do? I think that everyone would not pop. Okay. Mongo, here's the thing. The day Mongo joined the Four Horsemen was probably a dark day for Four Horsemen fans. But it was, but it was not as dark of a day as when Paul Roma joined the Four Horsemen. Paul Roma was in the Four Horsemen in 1993. The shittiest horseman known to man. Of, oh, maybe I've heard about this. Of, of Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, who isn't even a fucking wrestler anymore. He was just <laughs> hanging out, uh, pulling a Belushi, smoking a stogie, and uh, pretty Paul Roma. And Arn and Paul Roma were a tag team until Roma turned on Arn and joined with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, forming the epic tag team Pretty Wonderful. Nice. I like that. That's like, uh, didn't we just have a tag team that was like that? Oh, uh, the Glorious Ten, Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Perfectly glorious. That's what they called it. Um, Perfectly glorious. Okay, that's good. 
Romo's glory, right? In power and glory. He was. He was the glory. Okay. So, I actually you when you described that was the most I've liked Steve McMonga or Steve Mongo McMichael's when you told the lead up in that feud, and Steve. I don't know. This was just my biggest takeaway from this is there was a rumor. Ric Flair claimed a few months ago that he slept with Halle Berry. And at the time, people were like, when would he have ever met whoa, Halle Berry? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? When yeah. the fuck did You this didn't happen? hear this? So no. Ric Flair claimed like six months ago, four months ago, that he had slept with Halle Berry. Halle Berry denied it. People were saying, when would Ric Flair have met Halle Berry? I figured it out. Ric Flair is in The Four Horsemen with Steve Mongo McMichael. Steve Mongo McMichael is great friends with Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi is on WCW Saturday night promoting Race the Sun, a movie he is in with Halle Berry. Boom. Connection made. Ric Flair they had sex with that. Halle Berry. No, <laughs> <laughs> that proves it. Well, that you proves know, it. He is Space Mountain, the oldest ride, longest line. And, uh,. It's it's a monster's ball. It's a veritable oh, monster's God. ball. Oh God! Um, do you remember the movie Race the Sun? Fuck no! Of course I do not. <laughs> I also like how Bischoff's like you're in a movie soon, and and Belushi's like yeah yeah it's called Race the Sun. It's fun. And then uh, he goes yeah it's a TriStar picture with Halle Berry. And uh, then Bischoff goes he goes where'd you film that he goes australia well what'd you think about australia i really liked it that's the extent of the promo of the movie it takes about 10 seconds like the ostensibly the whole reason he would agree to do this is to promote his family movie and it is over in a jiffy it's just this is a if you are um listener have eight minutes yeah if you want to distract yourself from life for eight minutes smoke a joint and roll on up to the belushi <laughs> saturday night clip because fucking smoke a smoke a fat doobie race the sun and fucking yeah. watch belushi put over mongo and stare at eric bischoff in his fucking turtleneck and am- amaze yourself at mean gene's ability to shill his hotline did you uh, did you notice the part where belushi says something about He's like, Mongo's the toughest guy on the team. And then he starts, he goes, <laughs> and then it cuts to Bischoff, like, smile like he just remembered. I should smile now. And uh, almost like he's on a different set. And it seems like they pipe in some laughing. I can't tell if it's Belushi or Bischoff laughing. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Because I one thing, some of the notes that I have are that uh, Bischoff, Obviously knows nothing about football, uh, <laughs> and uh, M- Mongo wanted to break Schwarzenegger's he, neck. Yes, yes, he That's told crazy. he told the story about how he met. Okay, so Jim Jimmy, as we are now going to affectionately call him, had a John Belushi Memorial Fund shindig, invited all these Chicago Bears players. Mongo is the only one who shows up. Yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger is there because Belushi and Arnold are filming Red Dawn at the time. Nope. So Red, that, Red, that, Red something else. Red Heat or something. Not Red Dawn. Oh, Red Heat. No, no, no. It's yeah. Red Heat. Red Heat. Sorry. Um, so that would put it like 1986, which means Mongo and Belushi are into year 10 of their friendship. Oh, no, they are. He says that in here. He says he's been friends with them for 10 years. Gosh. 
And Mongo is basically, you know, jumping at the bit to fucking take out Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that would have been money. And then after that, you know, bit of proving that Mongo's a tough guy because he wants to fight Arnold Schwarzenegger, he starts calling him Steven. He says that Mongo has a deep well of feeling. He also, Belushi starts putting himself over as a guy who gets in fights. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Mongo actually, well, Belushi has a calming effect on Mongo, but when they go out, they don't really cause trouble. Belushi doesn't drink, but he'll start a fight. Mongo's got to back him up. Exactly. And then Halle Berry, Race the Sun, three words at the end of it all, right? As soon as Harlem heats. So the segment ends. They say, you know, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Yada, yada. Race the Sun, etc. Harlem heats theme starts playing. And yeah. I write down three words. That was shit. I didn't. Here's I guess I just looked at my notes and my favorite. The, I wrote down at one point, the tone of this is completely bizarre. Did someone die? Because what? It, also, I have th- never... also, also, this mini episode is becoming a full fucking episode. If we Eric have Bischoff, so many things to say about this eight-minute piece. If Eric Bischoff had worked for Entertainment Tonight, he would have been immediately fired. Because <laughs> what the fuck is this? It is like a memorial for Mongo. It sounds like Belushi is like reminiscing about all the great times he had with his dead buddy. But really, Mongo's just going to be, you know, two days later sitting at a desk with uh, Bobby the Brain Hanen and Tony Schiavone and a little fu- weird fucking dog talking about, fuck, you know, trying to understand pro wrestling. <laughs> Wondering where the spike is. Yeah, I don't know. This was bizarre. Um but I'm glad we watched it, and I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we did this mini episode that I'm gonna try to edit, and we'll see if it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if we post it. Who knows? Who well, knows let's if see. we want to put up we'll thirty s- minutes of us talking about this weird clip? Um, oh man, gold, maybe. pure money, pure fucking money, Joe. Okay, so Stephen Mongo McMichael. I might have to pick a Mongo match to watch after this because. Uh, Dude, we should watch Jarrett versus Mongo for a spot in the Horseman. You should pick that match next for our, uh, one of our next episodes. But um, I on that note, I we're going to call it a mini episode. Thanks for listening. And God, I don't know. Um, I feel like someone died now because I don't know where to go with this. I will say this. I didn't like Mongo when he was a wrestler, but if he had fought Arnold Schwarzenegger in a WCW ring, I would have liked Steve Mongo McMichael. That right there is money. What do you think, Jason? I think that Mongo was shit. I think that... I think that Mongo was shit, but I like... I like. I don't like Mongo. I prefer Steve. Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Okay.